Mr. Luther, perhaps we could start by discussing Project Gemini. If you can hear me, we're in the center elevator at the Daily Planet with a bomb. She's speaking Kryptonian. You created me in a test tube. You kept me like some kind of freak pet so you could have a brother. Is that why you couldn't get rid of me? You're not my brother. You're a mistake. Oh, wow. I have the worst secret Santa ever. It's time for the truth, Lex. Merry Christmas, Lois. I just bought the Daily Planet. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to episode 71 of Starkville's House of L. I'm Derek. And I am Chuck. And this is our episode for Gemini, which aired last night. Chuck, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing fine, Derek, and how are you today, sir? I'm doing good after we saw that amazing winter hiatus finale last night. Wow, wasn't that something else? I'll tell you, every second was more action-packed than the one before it. It had some amazing revelations in it, some amazing things that are going to propel the season uh, even further in these final five episodes, as much as I hate to say it, when we come back at the end of January. Mm, how sad. And I can't wait to see uh, what they've got in store for us as Season 7 comes to a close. I, I tell you, it's going to be interesting. This has been one heck of a season already, even though it's going to be a short one. They've definitely given Smallville and Superman fans alike a lot of what we've been waiting for, haven't they? Definitely, definitely. And I do just want to say a good bit of, uh, one little small bit of shoe news is that shoe will be here through the holidays, so we will be around to keep you guys uh, informed as the strike continues. And unfortunately, I don't think negotiations are going to pick back up until uh, uh, sometime after Christmas and the new year. Uh, later in January is probably when those talks will resume. So unfortunately, no uh, good news about our shows, but I think at this point, as I've said before, our window of opportunity has closed, and we would not uh, see shows go back into production at this point anyways. It's a sad story, and uh, I was hoping for better, but it looks like that is the truth, yeah. I don't think there's any way they can. You know, they break for Christmas already, but when you've already got, um, I know they're filming episode 713, Hero, right now. And I'm, they're just they're uh, staring down the barrel at the end here. The final two episodes after that, they'll be done. So, not a whole lot of room left for uh, for picking up the show and continuing on with the extra seven episodes that we're going to miss out on this season. And it'll be interesting to see what is done with those seven episodes um, in the fall. Extremely, I I, I don't I feel like we're probably just going to have to lose those seven i don't think we'll I, we'll get a longer eighth season by any stretch of the imagination i think those seven will just be tied into the regular 22 episode season that we would normally get in season eight yeah yeah which kind of stinks when the dvd comes around as i said before if we get a 15 episode season uh seven and the dvd comes out it's you know four discs and probably will still be the same amount of money and won't have as much content on it as what we're used to right it's uh Again, quite a disappointing set of circumstances, but uh, we will make it through somehow. Well, we're going to make the most of it, and if all the episodes that continue uh, through 2008 are like the one we saw last night, we are in for a treat. Oh, we sure are. Oh, we sure are. That was amazing. 
Well, our big Smallville and Superman news going on right now is, of course, the strike. As we just mentioned, it does continue. Uh, negotiations have halted by the WGA uh, probably for the year. I don't think uh, they're going to start back up again. And, and everything has – the WGA has lay, laid out what they've wanted to be done, and um, that neither side is uh, faltering on uh, what they expect to have done for negotiations. And it uh, it stinks, but we support the WGA, and we we know that they uh, they do deserve uh, everything that they that they should be provided for. They do deserve the the internet rights the, and the media content and all the new media and the DVD rights. And hopefully, um, with the new year, they will get that. I would be uh, extremely happy if, come January two thousand eight, we do see that these uh, strikes finally. Uh, subside and we can get back to some of our original programming on television right now and it not be all reality TV. I think that's what we're all hoping for and the more and more time that passes uh, I think that we know the resolution will come and it is just a matter of when. It's a shame that the talks have broken off as they have but as you said Derek uh, you know we understand the reasons for this strike. It doesn't make any of us happy there's no doubt but um Hopefully things will improve and, and look up. It's too bad that there was not better news for the holidays thus far in terms of when this would close, but the time will come, and sooner the better. And I have to say, you know, as much as I hate it, then I sit there on NBC and I see a trailer that American Gladiators is coming on, and I'm like, well, maybe the strike can go on a little bit longer because I wouldn't mind seeing some new American Gladiators on television. <laughs> yeah, American Gladiators and and Hulk Hogan as the as the host. Wow. I don't know what all I, I know. They're pulling back in that, like two seasons of American Idol back to back, and um, I saw Big Brother. I, I mean, they're just having to bring everything back in January. They're not going to have television shows um of course sarah connor chronicles which i'm very excited for oh that's uh, a very exciting one yeah yeah as as many people i've talked to that says they were disappointed by the pilot that they've seen i've i for one uh have seen it and just fell in love with it it's probably going to be my favorite new show of 2008 well and you know and for for fans of uh of the short-lived firefly series summer glow from that series will be appearing as the female terminator in the series of sorts and uh right. that's quite a nod to sci-fi fans everywhere so yeah, i don't think you can really beat it and uh thomas decker from heroes playing uh, john connor right so that's pretty big i i think you've seen the pilot haven't oh, you yes Chuck? i sure have and i i loved I, it yeah i thought it was a huge show i don't know what they're gonna do with the um the two night premiere event, I guess what we saw was just going to be one night, and then the second part of the episode's going to, or they're just going to air a second episode on the next night. Yeah. Because um, the what I've seen is only forty two minutes long. Right, right. Uh, so I'll be interested to see that. A lot of new shows coming up down the pipeline. Some stuff that they've saved for uh, two thousand eight uh, in case this impending strike got worse, which it has. I know NBC is bringing Medium back. Uh, to its uh, uh, winter schedule, and I don't know what all else has been uh, stockpiled up just in case this happened. I know there's a few mid-season replacements, but even some of those didn't get um, full episodes written, full seasons written out before uh, before the strike happened. So even they're going to be they're going to get going by six or seven episodes, and then they're going to falter too. So it kind of sucks for everything all around. Sure does, and uh, 
one of the things that I know there's been a lot of concern about is uh, what's going to happen with Lost on uh, ABC here in the coming months. And, you know, when, with when they are starting, it's still a question of how many episodes they will air. Yeah. Well, everything gets affected in different ways. Sure. If 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 Lost was supposed to have twelve episodes and now it's only getting eight, you know, this was Scrubs last season, and they were only supposed to get seventeen episodes at all, and now it looks like they're only going to get eleven. Right. And then and, uh, I know that uh, CBS will be airing the second season of that show Jericho, which was brought back by Fan Response, and they have uh, seven episodes of that ready to go. I think seven episodes were all that were planned for their second season, but uh, that's a perfect example of a show that, through a lot of fan-positive response, can be brought back. That was, in effect, a canceled show that's going to be brought back. So that's a big uh, scripted development there for the new year. Well, I'm excited to see Jericho return. It was one of my favorite uh, new shows last year. Yeah. And I'm also excited for the return of Knight Rider to television. <laughs> yes, it uh, it looks interesting. Have you seen the new car, Derek? I've seen the new car. <laughs> it's it's not the Trans Am, but you know, I'll uh, I'll I'll live with it. It is a, a is it is it a Cobra Mustang or is it a Shelby? I think it's a Shelby. I think it is too and it uh it actually, it's interesting, they said that it's going to be a bit like a Transformers car. It's going to be able to morph. Uh, it's definitely going to be different than what we've seen before. I kind of atoned that to uh, Inspector Gadget. When I read that, <laughs> I was thinking of the Inspector Gadget mobile morphing into the van. Right, uh, right. That's what I see in my head. But they said Will Arnett from Saturday Night Live is going to actually be the voice of the car. Uh, yeah, I heard that. And, uh... and I... I don't know how I feel about that. Arnett's hilarious, and they'll yeah. definitely add um, a different dynamic to the show as they try to bring some humor into some amazing action and technology that they're going to do. But I, and I don't remember the guy's name who does Kit's voice, but he's still alive. I don't know why they wouldn't bring yeah, him yeah. in. I mean, speaking of Transformers, that worked very well when they used the actual voice of Optimus Prime for the movie. It's too bad they didn't decide to go ahead and use the gentleman who and i can't remember his name either but the guy who did the voice for kit that would have been a classic nod to fans of the series and i think that would have gone over quite well especially since hasselhoff's going to be on the show anyways right he is and uh that would have been a, that would have been terrific but well nah. what can you do what can you do well, all this uh, strike talk just makes us all the more depressed, but Alan Miles have been offering up uh, a few little Christmas goodies to fans who promote Small Village, their favorite show, and they send in these pencils to Media Mogul's campaign, and he offered up uh, a phone call from Michael Rosenbaum to one lucky fan who uh, you know, buys these pencils and sends them in, and Michael's going to call this person and say thank you for supporting the WGA, but now uh, Laura Vandervoort and Erica Durant have joined the calls too, and they will also be calling... Uh, one lucky fan who who's drawn at random and who bought pencils and sent them into the campaign, which is awesome. The first batch of pencils was sent out this week by the truckloads. Uh, if you've seen pictures of this on United Hollywood or you know any of the WGA supporting sites, it's just these massive bins of pencils being sent in over five hundred thousand at a time. Yeah, it's 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 quite amazing, and it's nice to see this kind of support and uh, these added incentives that. Uh, Alan Miles have put forth certainly uh, can't hurt, can they? No, not at all. So definitely check out the WGA support sites. Um, there will be a banner up probably this weekend on the side of Shoe that shows that we support the WGA, and you can go there to that site. 
and buy these pencils and send them in. If you put Smallville as your favorite TV show, you'll be entering in a contest. If your name is drawn at random, you might be a lucky recipient of a phone call from Laura Vandervoort, who plays Kara, a.k.a. Supergirl, Erica Durant, who plays Lois Lane, or Michael Rosenbaum, who plays Lex Luthor from Smallville. And so that's cool. Just a, just a little something special that can come out of uh, kind of a bad situation, I guess you'd have to say. But hopefully the show will return very soon. We we still don't know an exact date of when episode 710 Persona is going to air. Um, all signs are pointing to January 31st. But because this is rumored to be the last season, of course we don't want that at all. Because definitely this shortened season would just, that would be terrible. For our final look at Smallville, that would just be awful. But if we only have five episodes remaining, they're going to try and drag this out as long as they possibly can to make it look like a full season until May. So there's a good chance that episode 710 might not return till even uh, February. Yeah, boy, that uh, when you think of the words final season, I, 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 I shudder to think of that, Derek. I don't even want to think about that. And I, I see their point in wanting to get this through to May. I suppose they could still start up on the 31st and then have some breaks between those final episodes. But, uh, you know, we'll just reiterate that it's only a rumor about the final season. I personally think we're going to get to the 8th, especially now with the uh, season being cut short. I can't imagine episode 15 being the last. And uh, I certainly can't even begin to describe the sadness that I would feel if that happened and I I know you would as well Derek it'd be a it'd be a terrible thing that's not a good place to leave off with such a terrific series I agree wholeheartedly and I do not believe this will be the final season Correct. I think it was already um pretty much decided you know just kind of a verbal agreement that there will be a season 8 and I think this strike even solidified that even more Yeah absolutely um, I don't think there's just a way you can look at people and say no you got a shortened season and you're not coming back for the next one when it was already kind of planned out and they had stories to tell that long, especially if the things that happen in episode 715 Veritas, as I've said before, this could go down in such a way that it's an ambiguous ending. Uh, it could definitely be the end of the series, but it could also definitely propel stories for season eight. Uh, I don't want to see that. I, I want to see a definite cliffhanger that's going to pick up in September, October of 2008, but uh, we just don't know at this point, and hopefully in the coming weeks we'll get word from um, you know, all the, the front press about uh, shows that are returning, and hopefully we'll find out that uh, Smallville is one of them and will once again return as the flagship for the CW. Right, right. But all that being said, we, uh, as we said before, is a huge episode last night, Jim and I, ninth episode of the season, probably one of the biggest ninth episodes of the series, uh, I'd definitely go out on a limb and say that. I'd, it's bigger than uh, Lexmas, uh, Subterranean, Bound. Yeah, I'd have to say that was probably the biggest uh, ninth episode of the series. I, I think so, too. And uh, it, it gave us so many ways we can go with the season. I mean, obviously, Lexmas did something of the same in, in putting Lex in a place where he had really never been more beyond the brink, if you will, than he had at the end of Lexmas. And now as we look at this episode, so much occurred, and it can propel us in so many different directions at this point, depending on how far they want to carry what we saw towards the end of this episode. 
Well, we got a bunch of new information last night, some stuff we had speculated on, some stuff that I have to, you know, toot my own horn and say, hey, we called it here on the show, and, and uh, of course, I always like saying that because it makes me feel like uh, <laughs> the show's not that predictable, but it's just that amazing that you're able to call some amazing things that happen. Right. Uh, but there was also some really cool stuff that happened last night. Um, we'll touch on the episode, but one thing in particular, the introduction of hearing Kryptonian speech. Yes. Um, now, while it was whispered and you really couldn't understand anything, and I felt like that was a good way to do it because they didn't really have to, you didn't have to put it in such a way that people can actually go around speaking it or the term that, sh- that the girl kept saying over and over again. It was so hush-hush, you really couldn't understand it, but Clark, quote-unquote Clark, picked up on it really well. Uh, we'll get to we'll get to what it was fun to see Clark write in Kryptonian. That's something we don't see a whole lot. Uh, we'll yeah. get to what we'll get to what he was writing out, uh, sitting by her bedside, all uh, all in good time here. Let's let's kind of delve into what happened here. Um, like I said, got to be five out of five for me. I, I don't know about you, Chuck. Yeah, I just oh, felt I, like... I absolutely agree with you on the old Krypton fan scale. That would be a ten, definitely. Yeah. I, there was nothing really disappointing in the yeah. whole episode. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. Even even the Lois and um, and Grant stuff that we started out with. Well, at the beginning of the episode, actually, there was a previously because it's been well, it's been four weeks since we've had an episode, hasn't it? Right, it has. And it, uh, that previously touched on uh, the most important points that would follow into this episode. You know. Yes, it it even showed stuff like uh, Milton Fine. Right. In in that it it showed the the ending events from Blue with Clark being at the Fortress of Solitude and talking with Jor El. It showed Kara disappearing and popping up in Detroit. Uh, it showed you know Grant revealing himself as Julian. Uh, just a lot of stuff that was going to take place in this episode and yes. a lot of the important things. When the episode starts off, we see Grant and Lois are um, talking business in the uh, <laughs> as only they do, right? <laughs> in the uh, warehouse of the daily planet some storage room whatsoever (laughs) and he has informed her that uh she will be doing lex's expose for the daily planet right and she doesn't really understand this but she's going along with it when we get upstairs when we get upstairs to the basement uh chloe is uh trying to contact clark once again it's been two weeks since he has gone missing so it's actually four weeks for us, so it's been two weeks on the show since he went to the Fortress to talk to Jor-El about Kara, um, and Chloe's very upset. She doesn't know where he is. His phone just keeps going to voicemail. And telling and everyone says, he's in Minnesota. Yeah, saying that, <laughs> that saying that he has uh, gone to be with Kara and her family for the holidays. Right. And uh, he, she's just real worried. She says, no, I thought you and Lana's moved everything over before you went to the Fortress, so what's what's going on? Call me back. Um, Lois comes in and she gets a phone call from a phone inside her desk that, um, there's been a bomb planted on Chloe. This, this person on the phone has actually been trying to contact her for several weeks, but she's deleted all the emails, thrown out all the letters and has been ignoring him. But, um, she's planted a bomb on her cousin, which they changed the voice from the trailer. I thought they were going to have that voice modified. Yeah, so did I. That kind of surprised me. I figured it would not be... I guess he figured at that point there was no point in disguising his voice. But yeah, the trailers showed something different. Yeah. Right, right. So, And they do that from time to time. Sure. Different people different people work on the trailers than do the actual show. Different people edit stuff together. So they may have just tried to make that. And there's also um, 
people could have watched that and thought, well, that's somebody from the show. Who is that? Who's doing that? Is that Lex? Is that Grant? And if they, they, you know, mask the voice for the trailer, people won't sit around and speculate for four weeks on who's planted the bomb on Lois if they don't know, <laughs> if they don't know too much about the show. Anyway, we would cut to the mansion. Uh, Lex and uh, Grant are actually fencing with each other. Yeah. Uh, something we haven't seen for a while. Right. Well, of course. The- it always it always brings us back to the very beginning in the in the pilot. You know, you remember Lex uh, when Clark first entered the mansion to tell Lex he could not accept that uh, very generous gift. Uh, Lex was fencing in there, and then we saw future fencing scenes in uh, with Lionel and Lex then in episode three, right in Hothead. So, and, and ha- have we seen much of it since then, Derek? There was a season four where. Um after Lionel had supposedly gone good and lost all the money where the, where Lex and Lionel fence each other. Oh, but yes, it's actually, yes. it's, yep. it's Alexander. Yep. It's uh, Onyx, I do believe. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Where uh, Alexander and Lionel are, are fencing each other. But uh, that's really, but not in the whole uniform and mask, not in the true sense of the term fencing. Uh, have we really seen it since probably season two, I would have to say. Yeah. It, it's been a while. Uh, but Julian says that he does not want um, Julian. It's, it's so easy to call him that now. Uh, Grant sure says <laughs> Grant says he doesn't want Lois writing the story, and Lex says, "Well, for somebody who, for someone who just broke up with somebody, you're awfully protecting her, you know, a whole hell of a lot." And uh, we cut back to the Daily Planet. Lois is taking down everything that she's been told on the phone to work into a story to expose Lex. And we find out that this guy's name is Adrian. And he is escaped clone from level 33.1, which Lois doesn't really buy into that, but she's still taking down all his information because, of course, he's planted a bomb on Chloe, or so he says. And he need and she needs to get all the information fast to take down Lex so that he she can save her cousin. Really cool because you don't always see a Lois Lane with a lot of heart in Smallville. No, no, you don't. And this really gave her that that emotional quality that we've come to expect from the lowest we know throughout history definitely right right and and it definitely showed her caring about somebody beyond herself a whole lot and 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 caring a whole lot beyond somebody she was sleeping with a whole lot uh in the episode so uh but she notices off uh by the staircase at the planet that somebody is staring at her and it's like you know ups delivery package delivery kind of guy and she believes that this is Adrian, so she goes after him in one of the back rooms and knocks him over the head with a three-hole punch. <laughs> and, of course, this is not the guy. He uh, he was just checking her out uh, from across the room and just happened to be on the phone with a very menacing look. I don't know. When, I, you know, when you check people out, when you check girls out or, or guys out or whatever, I don't think you really need to have that look upon your face. <laughs> just well, kind of freak people out. It was a, That was terrific, too, after she... You know, struck him, and she's you know having this conversation with him, and she hits the redial on his phone, realizes the mistake she made. I thought that uh, Erica played that scene fantastically. The look on her face when she realized the mistake she made. So that was terrific. Uh, extremely, yes, yeah. And then it goes even further because he says he's going to go get security. Well, he walks out of the room and he kind of stumbles back in, and she apologizes yet again. But we see he's been stabbed in the back by a pair of scissors. Right. And he, of course, falls over dead. And the and Adrian calls Lois again on her phone and says, "You know, I saw that. You know, you think I'm that stupid? I've I've 
planned everything out. Just do exactly what I tell you to do and everything will be fine. We cut to the Kent farm and Lana is in the barn taking care of the horses. A lot of cool shots from the Kent farm that we've never seen before. Absolutely, yeah, I noticed that, yeah. Um, a lot of it was snow, which we don't always see. We saw some of that in Obsession, uh, definitely in Reckoning, of course, would definitely. be the, yeah. the, the milestone episode to see snow. And a lot of this was reminiscent of Reckoning last night. But Clark enters uh, the barn. And uh, I felt bad because I knew what was going on going into the episode. I kind of would have liked to have just been shocked with the legions of other fans that were at the end of the episode, I think. Uh, definitely from our website, which crashed last night, and our email, which was just bombarded. And I'm going to, as we go along here in the episode, I'm just going to show you the little nuances that you probably could have picked up on to find the final reveal. The big one when Clark enters the room here is he's not wearing the same outfit he was when he went to the fortress. Right, and and another interesting thing to note is that normally when we see Clark, he, of course, wears the... Uh, blue shirt and the red jacket, right? So what did we see last night? Right. The opposite. And we do see Clark wear that a lot. Probably, I'd say, about 40% of the show he does wear that outfit. No doubt. But um, they picked everything so perfectly that they made point in the dialogue to say, you've been gone and, and, and you're back and... You know, and he was, and Clark comes in and says, "Well, he says time's so different there. I didn't realize how long I was gone." But regardless, when when you see the final seconds of Blue, you see Clark in the red jacket and the blue shirt. Yes, yes. So this was the first thing to pick up on, and and who else wears blue jacket and red shirt as we saw at the beginning of the season? Another small thing to pick up on. But anyway, they share a little conversation about how the time apart may have been good and. You know, and Clark says, well, I, I have a way we can get back on the same page and we can be together and, and and just and we can share everything together. And she says, how are we going to do that? And he says, we're going to take down Lex. Right. You show me everything you have on Lex, and we're going to take him down. And also, would, also Derek, uh, if you recall, right before that, he did also say, uh, she asked him about Kara, and he said uh, that he had to accept that she wouldn't be coming back, uh, that she was gone. You know, which was also an interesting uh, statement that he made at this point, you know. Right. And we're going to talk a little bit about why people are thinking um, that Jor-El was actually behind this. Uh, of course, that's not the case at all, but a lot of people are thinking that and, and what this means for this new person taking on the persona of Clark when we get to the spoilers in today's episode. But um, it's just kind of interesting that Clark comes back from the fortress and he just wants to take down Lex immediately. That that would be notice number two. Probably notice number three would also be Tom does a different thing with his voice when he plays different characters. <laughs> and that was definitely not a Clark uh, voice last night, no. uh, in the least. But anyway, they they cut the Project Isis, and Lana has kind of, you know, feather-dusted everything up. She's She's put plastic over the monitors and everything. She promises Clark that she's not been looking into him, uh, Lex, for weeks. And Clark... Kind of takes her on a guilt trip. He says, you know, I'm sorry I put you through all this. I just expected you for, to forget Lex, and instead it was my fault I propelled you more towards um, everything. You know, all this that you've done is actually my fault. 
and you're still sitting there going, "What is go-? you know, <laughs> what is he talking about? This is weird." Right. And there just there wasn't a whole lot of Clark no, in the episode no, either, all, which huh? which if there had been a whole lot, people would have probably been like, "Okay, I don't like this new Clark that came back from the fortress. What did Jor-El do to him?" <laughs> So he says, "Well, don't worry, you know." He said, "It's all my fault, but we're together now. We're going to be happy, and we're going to we're going to hurt Lex for hurting you. You know, all the people that he's hurt, we're going to we're going to get revenge on him." And he picks up a notebook that says Project Scion, and he and he asks her, "What what is Project Scion?" And she says, "That vial that I destroyed destroyed in the lab, which is a throwback to Wrath, of course." She said, "It was something." Alien technology that Lex kept talking about, and Clark says, well, if it's alien technology, there's no way you destroyed it, Lana. And you can kind of tell throughout the whole, it doesn't reveal it till the end, but through the whole episode, you can kind of tell Clark knows what that is by looking at it. Right. Uh, the first time, he see, when he sees that image come up on the screen of Lex holding that vial with the kryptonite around it, he, he knew what that was. Sure. Uh, n- no doubt in his mind whatsoever what was being held there, so... He, uh, but he doesn't say anything. He just kind of has this hidden agenda the whole time. I cut back to the Daily Planet, and uh, Lois is still trying to find ways to tell Chloe that she's got a bomb on her. And, you know, she, she's being watched. She can't send her an email. She tried that. She can't type something up on her computer. She can't send a fax. She can't go over there and talk to her. So what she's done is she's taken a Sharpie and a, and a courier messenger envelope and just sit there and tapped on it long enough and spelled out bomb on you. Right. And when when the courier came around, she had put Chloe's name on it as the recipient and just gave it to the little old lady who was pushing the cart. Well, the little old lady is taking her time <laughs> taking to get her around, time, get her out of the room, <laughs> just yeah. getting around the bullpen. When Chloe's trying to leave, you know, Chloe's a good bit younger than this lady, and she's she's going to get out of there before the, the courier gets to her. So as Chloe leaves, she passes the lady who gives her the envelope, and Chloe comes to Lois and says, "You know, Clark came back. I'm going to go say hey to him." And Lois doesn't really say anything. She looks down at her phone, and she's got a text message from Adrian, who she's already put in her phone. Or yeah, the guy yeah. put I mean, I, I realize it's not her phone. I guess he programmed it. It was just funny. It didn't come up as a number. It came up as Adrian. Adrian, right. That was, <laughs> that but, was uh, their way of reminding us of what this guy's name was. That right, right. Yeah. Well, he, he, you know, he sent her a text message that says, don't even think about it, or she goes, kaboom, or whatever. Right. So she's not really saying anything to Lois. She's just kind of nodding and shaking, and uh, and she says, can I send Clark, you know, your warmest thoughts or whatever? And, and Lois is like, yeah, yeah. So Chloe goes to leave, and she gets on the elevator. We don't see that yet, but that we cut back to um, uh, this laboratory. I, I didn't... Did you get a feel for where this was? No, I actually didn't, and I wondered if you had, Derek, because when they... Walked in here, I thought to myself immediately, okay, where are we now? Yeah. Well, there's still ISIS logos everywhere. Yeah, I mean... So I'm wondering if there's some basement down there. That's what I thought. She must have some some almost uh, underground uh, basement there. And uh, it, it felt weird to me that she still had these contacts, but she had the ten million. So I guess there's ways to get these. Oh yeah. Oh, these yeah. kinds of equipment and these kind of people. It just felt weird. I felt like she lost every bit of credibility after she got Clark's powers and that hold that she had over everybody for those first seven episodes. I felt like she lost that. And then we see last night, she actually hasn't lost that. She's still got the upper hand on a few things. And after what she said, when Clark first arrived in this episode about, you know, giving everything up, she still had this girl quarantined in this basement. 
Which I find funny. Did you catch the last name of the girl? Um, Brock. Yeah. And I was and I was like inhabited <laughs> I, I, by a strange black substance, Eddie Brock. I thought right, that was kind of right. funny. I, that's kind of a, a interesting uh, <laughs> Marvel reference, right? And uh, well, this is the lab technician from the end of Wrath. That when the vial broke open during the uh, fight between Clark and Lana, which was the metallic dust left over from the key from Brainiac's ship, uh, had liquefied and was moving on its own. It inhabited her you saw it go through her hand and her eyes go black right and that was something else they showed in the previously scenes before the episode yeah right well she's gone into sort of catatonic state uh i guess you could kind of attribute it to sort of the way dr walden was uh not really but just kind of that same trance and uh all the way back from season two but she's they said they found her just you know out in the alleyway the metallic uh, substances in her body, the, all the metal has just raised dramatically. And she's just been in this trance, chanting, ever since they found her. And, and and Lana was worried about whatever got into her system, it getting out, it being a virus, getting out to other people. Definitely wanted to lock her down and quarantine her, so she's just been there. And she didn't really look like she was tied down or anything, she's just laying there. And she keeps repeating something over and over again. And... She says, Lana says, but nobody can understand what she's saying. And Clark goes, no, there's no way they could. She's speaking Kryptonian. That was awesome. Oh, that sure uh, was. That sure was. How he how he turned his head and he sort of listened for a moment. And then he told her that she was speaking Kryptonian. And then, as you said earlier, then we saw him writing it down. Yeah, he just gets out a pad and paper, which I don't know if we've ever even seen Clark writing Kryptonian before, have we? I don't believe When I... he was not, you know, in some sort of Kryptonian trance or Cal yeah. el or something. I don't really, and I don't think burning symbols into the side of a barn counts as writing Kryptonian, but he the all that we saw is, uh, and it's bad because I can actually, I don't even have to pause it anymore if I can see it. It's like reading English. It said Dust M. D-U-S-T, and then he started writing the second line, and it said M. Uh-huh. And that that's all it said. And then it cuts away. I don't know if he was writing more or if that's all that was being said. Uh, they do, they, you know, they don't expect people to always read into what uh, is being done on the show. A lot of the time, Kryptonian hieroglyphics don't always actually spell out something. Sometimes it's just a jumble of letters. So that may have not meant anything. Dust could have meant... The stuff, the ash from the key, it could not have. We don't really know at right. this point. Right. Um, but that was really cool. It, the point was brought up last night by some of us watching it in a few emails that we'd gotten. Why did we never just see Zorel and Kara talking in Kryptonian with subtitles on the screen? Hmm. Well, then they were on Krypton. You know, they obviously were speaking English on Krypton. We've seen. We hear Jor-El speak it. We heard Laura speak it. Yeah, you know, even all when stuff. we go back to seeing in uh, Memoria, when we see Jor-El and Laura uh, putting baby Kal-El in the ship, uh, yeah, they're speaking perfect English. Right, right. I think it's just a creative choice on, on the behalf of the writers of the show and everything. There's not a set Kryptonian speaking, spoken language. We've never heard one before. No. Just and- as there was not really a set... Um, symbols i mean there's been several different interpretations but when in season two after rosetta when they adapted the actual kryptonian language and dictionary 
uh, not dictionary, but alphabet into the show, that was the set Kryptonian alphabet for DC Comics now. Right. And when they did that, and I think they don't want to take that jump yet on actual spoken Kryptonian. Sure, especially when all all prior incarnations of Superman, including the Richard Donner original film, all Krypton scenes were spoken in English, so I, I don't think they wanted to uh, mess with that too much, you know? Right, right. Yeah. We cut back to the Daily Planet. We see Chloe entering the elevator. Jimmy comes in right before the door shut, and he says he'll he'll take the stairs or something. And she says, no, 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 it's fine. Just just come on in here. And uh, they kind of share an awkward moment because, of course, they've broken up, and they're not together anymore. And she looks down at the um, courier envelope and sees what was written and sees that it was from Lois and sees that it says bomb on you. And about that point, the elevator just shuts down uh, with this really bad Christmas music plays in the background the whole rest of the episode. Uh, This Muzak, I guess, plays for the rest of the episode while they're stuck in there. Uh, Lois is reading what she has uh, written uh, for Adrian. She sees, uh, she's looking at the article and she kind of takes it, uh, over there, so he can read it. He's revealed himself at this point. And I'd say he kind of looks familiar, don't you? Uh, yes, sir, I, I would say that he does, and uh, <laughs> as we go on, you'll see why. Yeah. Uh, well, he's definitely somebody, an, an actor that has been aged uh, for the episode. They, they definitely did not get somebody older, but they, they the makeup was done, and the hairstyle and everything was done a certain way for the end reveal of the episode, which we'll get to in a minute. But, right. you know, he he's saying he's got his, his hand on the trigger and that, that Lex needs to be brought down very soon or Chloe goes boom. Uh, I guess he knows Jimmy's on the elevator. He never says whether or not he knows that. Uh, I'm assuming I, with all he appeared to know to this point that he would know that as well. Right. Yeah. Um, well, Chloe and Jimmy dump everything out of uh, her purse and her belongings to try and find where this bomb is located. And uh, Jimmy picks up the present from her secret Santa and opens it up, and there's a bomb on it. And Chloe has a great line of, uh, <laughs> what, I have the worst secret Santa ever. <laughs> yeah, especially since right before he opens the box, he says, Come on, it's not as though it'd ever be in that box, you know? Right. <laughs> But they uh, they definitely see the C four inside there, and we cut back outside the, outside the elevator again. Adrian and Lois are talking more, and he's sharing memories he has with her, all these these thoughts from Christmas time and everything, and and you know, taking Christmas cards with his family and all this kind of stuff. And she says, you know, you must understand how bad it would feel to know one of them's in trouble. Right. And and he he says yeah, but you know whatever. He, he, there's, yeah. there's work to be done, and uh, Lex needs to be brought down definitely. So you need to do something more for me. Got back inside the elevator, and I guess she's doing this on for reception. They didn't really say why she was getting up on top. Chloe was standing on Jimmy's back. Yeah. To uh, I don't know if she was. I would think in po- hopes of the signal being better and having a better. Uh, chance of of getting through, yeah. Right. Well, people thought she was like filming herself, but the the camera's facing the wrong direction. Yeah. So it's it's yeah. obviously she's leaving a voicemail for Clark, which isn't going to do any good because Clark doesn't exactly have his cell phone. Uh, <laughs> would be the easiest way to put that. Uh, 
it's on ice. <laughs> um, <laughs> We're not up to that point yet. <laughs> right. Hey, all, all I'm saying is it's on ice. Uh, so Chloe falls off Jimmy's back and the phone breaks, and he's very upset that he, she chose her one phone call to with the bad reception. Now, of course, it being broken to call Clark. You know, he, he says, "What is he going to do? Save us with his great hair?" <laughs> and then Chloe does a fast recovery and says, "Look." Lois obviously sent me this. She's obviously being forced by somebody to do this. How would it look if a whole SWAT team just runs in the Daily Planet? They'll blow us up, you right. know, without thinking about it. So that was a good save sure. on her part. Adrian has equipped Lois with a camera on a like a brooch pin and an earpiece and has told her to go into Grant's office. Um, she's got this meeting to do this expose on Lex with Grant, but but now... Adrian's pulling the strings, so to speak, as Lex calls it later on. So she enters the room and sits down, and uh, you know Grant kind of tries to introduce them, and, and Lex says, "Oh yes, I haven't seen Miss Lane since she was since I caught her breaking into my office." And <laughs> Which uh, Grant had no idea of, of course. Right, of course, he even kind of <laughs> looked a little weirded out by it. So you know, he sits down, and says, "Well, let's let's start the questioning." So the first thing Adrian says to question Lex about is says get him to tell you about Project Gemini. And, of course, Lex um, debunks it, and he says, I don't know what you're talking about. I've never heard of Project Gemini. And she says, well, let me be a little more clear. Human cloning, process of making something from something else, a, a copy of something else. And he says that she must be pitching him some sort of Hollywood movie. Hmm. Grant's getting, you know, visibly upset. He's worried about what's going down right here. And Adrian tells her to reach down the bag and pull out what's in it. Well, it's a gun. Says aim it at Grant and tell Lex that if he does not come clean, he's going to shoot. She that she should shoot Grant. Yeah. And so she does it. She pulls the gun on him, and you know Grant's just this face like she's fixing to shoot me. Uh, Lex takes a trophy or an award from over the wall and just bashes Lois over the head. And you know Grant says, "What'd you do that for?" And he says, "Well, it was." Somebody was pulling her strings. She wasn't acting by herself. And at that time, Adrian actually enters the room. And then you see Adrian and Julian actually side by side. And you're like, wait a minute. That kind of looks familiar. Yeah. Um, we find out that Adrian is indeed an escape clone from 33.1. But he is not the only one. For we have the reveal that um, Grant Gabriel is actually a clone. As we called last week here on Shoe, uh, Grant is actually, you know, I don't even know now if he's actually DNA-wise a yeah, clone. That's still a little bit unclear at this point, and I wasn't sure. I was kind of, I boy, I don't even know. I that 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 struck me as a little. I would like to have a little more on that because I'm not sure at this point how far this went. You know. Well, you know, it just says he was doing cloning and he's embedded all these memories. Adrian and Julian have the or Adrian and Grant, whatever you want to call them, have the same memories. They're even calling things out at the same time. Right, which was a which was a great scene, by the way. That was really, really a cool thing to see them speaking at the same time in the same words. You know, right, right. Yeah. And Adrian, Adrian is a failed attempt at a clone. His body is aging so fast. He says, "I'm not even going to make it till Christmas." He says he says he's the imperfect version, but Julian, he says you're the perfect clone. He said they just discarded me, they just threw me away. He said, but but you came out right, you came out fine. So what we're saying is we don't know if if 
there's any actual Luther DNA inside Grant Gabriel slash Julian. If if these these memories have just been implanted by Lex and he's told him, you're my brother, Lionel, our father gave you up for adoption. Uh, there may actually be no real relation to them whatsoever um, on the chemical basis. Um, and this, of course, all explains a lot better why Lex was so adamant that Lionel not find out about the existence of <laughs> of Julian uh, in the last episode. You know, it, it it was kind of ambiguous, and I I was sort of wondering, you know, he he seems so. He's making sure that that uh, Julian does not expose his identity to Lionel, and now it all makes sense because Lionel would simply say, "What kind of a damn experiment is this? You know, what have you done here, Lex?" So, well, it's all this sick, twisted game Lex has created. Right. Uh, it's not even. I mean, it's it's just sad. He he, he had to create somebody to love and to love him. Uh, and definitely after Lana left him, even more so. But it—that's what he did. He he tried to play God and he tried to create a brother because we know from watching seasons of the show that that's Lex's biggest breaking point. That's everything. Everything that's made him who he is today comes from seeing his mother kill Julian as a baby and then him being blamed for it. Right. Every psychotic break he's ever had, every problem, and it mentally goes back to that. So if he solves that problem, if he creates this manifestation of a brother, and he believes that he is his brother, then all those problems are taken care of. He's a normal, everyday person. He's got that brother there with him, the one that caused all the problems. And, of course, it's just a lie. It's all false. And... um and Adrian says, you know, I, you created me for, to be your brother. You kept me in a test tube. He says, is that why you couldn't kill me? Is that why you wouldn't throw me throw him away? Because I'm your brother. And, and Lex says, you're not my brother. You're a mistake. And just shoots him. And when he shoots him, Adrian falls and lets go of the the detonation device. So right. the bomb activates inside the elevator. So Chloe and Jimmy just, you know, start going to town. And they're banging on the doors to try and get out of there. Uh, we see just some great custom commercials. Uh, every time the action started up really good, there was another really good cut. But when we come back, we see the um, Daily Planet. I'm convinced that they lit the reindeer even more because I kept saying, are those reindeer? Are those reindeer? We can't tell. So I'm convinced they did that for me, now, whether or not they did. <laughs> Probably not, but I like to think that they did. Uh, <laughs> Go right ahead. <laughs> Hey, I just want to know who got up there. That's all yeah, I want to know. Who got up there and did huge, that? Heck, uh, that's a huge gotta give them a building. bonus this Christmas, you know? Seriously, <laughs> seriously. Well, we cut back to the elevator. Chloe and Jimmy have pretty much come to terms. Well, this is it. This is the end. They're going to put all their cards down on the table. Chloe tells Jimmy that she's a meteor freak. And, you know, says that that's why we broke up. Not because anything was wrong with you. You're perfect. It's me. Yeah, the the ultimate. It's not you. It's yeah, me. Boy, I'm it, a meteor freak. It doesn't get any more literal than that, does it? <laughs> and Jimmy says, "Well, if we're putting all our cards out on the table," and he just kisses her. Well, Clark and Lana are down at Chloe's desk looking for her because they're trying to find out this repetition that this girl has kept saying in the lab. They're trying to get Chloe to use her computer program where she, back from season five, where she put in all the symbols Lionel kept drawing over and over again. And find the pattern in them, which the pattern was Zod is coming, and uh, which is I want that computer program. I don't know what what oh, it is, yeah. but I wouldn't want that it. be an awesome thing to own? I yeah. don't know if Adobe makes it or, or if, it's, <laughs> if it's like iCrypton or what it is, but I want it. 
Um, so, you know, Lana says, she's not here, it keeps going straight to her voicemail. Clark just all of a sudden hears, you know, he just stops. And, he, and we do the fast, the new super hearing, which I love. Yeah, and hears, yes, that's I like that too, I really do. I really like it. He hears the beeping of the bomb. And, of course, he's in the basement bullpen. He goes to the stairwell and, and, and runs to the bottom of the stairwell. He leaps... Boy, this is where it gets a okay. little. This is where we wonder what we call what we saw. Well, well I mean, here's here's another big clue that this was not Clark. Yeah. They didn't they didn't try to show him jumping. Right. They, they, I mean, they, if they had tried to, you would have seen him bend his knees. You would have seen the camera angle from him at the bottom of the stairwell. He would have bent his knees. Even the rather and, quick landing when he gets to the top. Was, right. Right. You know, I expected that to be a little slower, and when I saw that it was faster i question what had happened here you know well they they even go so far as to not i mean it's a bird's eye view so all you see is him coming up so whether or not he flew or jump that was flying which is your big clue that that was not clark kent uh last night you're you're, if it, you're, you're going on record saying that was flight Derek. <laughs> yes, okay. that because because we know we know, and I mean, if you haven't seen the episode yet, you're being ruined by listening to this. But we know that's not Clark Kent, and we know that who that actually was can fly. Well, absolutely, and uh, and I still say that if it was Clark, he would have run up the stairwell real fast. I, I I think you're right. I think you're right because we've seen him do that in so many different instances throughout the series. If if he were going to even if we call it a jump, he, Clark himself has never done anything like that. He would sooner run up the stairs very quickly, arrive where he needs to be, and then proceed to rip open those elevator doors. Right. I mean, yeah. we've seen the missile before, but he leaped and, and like, la- you know, latched to something. Well, and with that in mind, there was nothing else he could do with that right. missile but leap at, at this point. Right. Being in the Daily Planet, he could have easily used the stairs and gotten there just as quickly. So I just in, in instances like that, they've always made, they've always purposely made. I love Carolyn Dries. Uh, Carolyn is by far my favorite writer on Smallville oh, now. Fantastic! I, and I, yeah. I just I have to put that out there. The, just the past few seasons, she solidified herself as my favorite oh, writer. She is but terrific. Yeah. Every time they've made, you know, st- cool, steady, purposeful motion of showing. Clark bend his knees to leap. Uh, Reckoning, uh, Crimson, uh, uh, Hidden, uh, Lucy. Yeah, that Lucy jump is one that came to my mind right away. I mean, that's one right. of my favorites of the whole series. I mean, that right. jump was fantastic, you know? We got hundreds. I couldn't get in our email. We got hundreds of emails when that happened. Wow. When he came up the stairwell, and I yeah. was like, of course, I knew, and I was like, come on, guys, <laughs> put a little thought into this. That's not, obviously, it's not Clark. Anyway, Clark super speeds through the room, and he gets to the elevator, he opens it up, and he sees Chloe and Jimmy kissing. He grabs the uh, bomb, and you see him run out. You see, it's the first time you've seen somebody outside the Daily Planet upstairs. He comes out on the balcony and throws the thing, and it detonates. Yeah. And when we when we get back to real time... Chloe and Jimmy in their kiss, they look out and the elevator doors are open and everybody's staring at him in a great awkward little scene. Oh, that was that was hilarious. I love Which that was hilarious. Yeah. Well, Lois awakens in Grant's office and Lex helps her do her feet. And, you know, he 
he she says where's Adrian he said yeah he got away and he says well where's where's Grant and she says he says well he uh, he went to find you help you know he's just got all his bases covered right here and she says well it doesn't matter I'm gonna I'm gonna blow the whistle on you anyways and he says oh there's there's no proof unless you want to talk to that madman that escaped from Bell Reeve you know that that's about all you can go off of what what proof do you have of this yeah. and uh, she says well. I'm no longer, uh, she said, I won't be doing that expose on you. And he says, oh, he says, actually, you know, Merry Christmas. I bought the Daily Planet. Oh, what a moment, too. And, I mean, the expression on the face of Lois, what a, oh, my God. What a development that was, you know? Well, it's got huge throwbacks to the past as well. Oh, huge throwbacks to the past. Going all the way back, Derek, to the Kirk Allen serials where, a live-action Lex Luthor appeared for the first time. I mean, he was only called Luthor in that series. He was not called Lex, but in that series, Lex uh, took on ownership of the Daily Planet. And mm-hmm. we've seen it again and again through Lois and Clark and uh, in in the comics throughout history. So it's just, uh, it was terrific. It was great to see this. Uh, it's going to be very interesting to see where this is taken now that Lex owns this Great metropolitan newspaper, you know. I and Grant sums it up at the end of the episode the best. He says, "If you want to control," and I, it's one of the best quotes I've ever heard uh, regarding an instance like this. Is if you want to control the news, buy the media. Yeah, yeah. and I, well, I what love a, what that. A, what a, it, that's right. That is a great line. Uh, it sums everything uh, up. It really does. Well, Chloe and Jimmy kind of have their first meeting after all the events that happened in the elevator. Um, Chloe shows Jimmy what she can do. Now she's manifested this power in different ways. Now in the beginning, of course she didn't know about her abilities. So she was crying and some little part of her that fell on Lois healed Lois. But now she's at, we actually see um, a lot of people are calling her Lenderman now uh, in the emails we got, <laughs> but uh, a hero's reference. I got a little Jonathan Kent feeling from Talisman when she did this. Mm-hmm. When she uh, she takes the Band-Aid off Jimmy's hand and she heals the, the cut on his finger. And it looked very much like when Jonathan healed Clark's stab wound in Talisman. She, and, uh, she plugged and, Neosporin in the scene as well. Yeah, yeah, she, she's her own personal Neosporin. And, you know, he, he even kind of guesses for a minute. He says, what's your ability? Can you fly? You know, and, and uh, what else does he say? He says, oh, is it what everybody always thought? He says, is it that supersized brain of yours? Says, That's right, what everybody thought right. her ability was going to be. And and uh, and she says, no, my 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 geek is, or my nerd is all natural. Yeah, my nerd which, is all natural, right? Which was a cool little line that I think people enjoyed. But um, it was very much she took on the persona of Clark right here, and it was very much when Clark has to share this with somebody that he cares about how he is and and how and how he wants to be re- received by telling people that he's different, that he has this ability, and you know she she shows Jimmy what she can do, and Jimmy says, "You're still the same Chloe to me." And it was very yeah. interesting to see her use her abilities here because before there had even been a question of was it her tears or was it, right. you know, we didn't even really know if she could just use her hands and, and, and this ability would uh, manifest itself. So this was kind and of we, a, a very interesting scene. And we again noticed that using this ability has uh, some side effects. Well, it definitely takes it out of her. We've also seen that she's harnessed it in a good way. Right. A, her crying and a single teardrop 
almost brought her to the brink of death yep. on the dam. Now she's full on. Of course, that's a lot to bring somebody back from the you know, right. From the dead. And in this instance, she was just healing a, a scratch. Right, but she yeah. she had adapted it in such a way that she can do it with her hands. Yeah. She's she's obviously practiced this, yeah, which no is cool to I... me. You all, you know off off camera, she's you know off screen, she's practiced this, yeah. which is very cool to me. But we cut back, we cut to the Talon, and, and Lois uh, lets Grant in, and Grant says that he's breaking up with her, and uh, which is, I, I think, her sixth breakup scene on Smallville. I'm not quite, I've, I've lost track. But <laughs> there's no question, two of two of those breakups were with future Justice League heroes, <laughs> right? And she's, you know, she says that, you know, I guess I'm getting fired, and he says, no, Lex actually asked specifically that you stay on the team, right. and I kind of got the feeling he was fixing to leave. You know, yeah, he tells yeah. he tells Lex, and he goes back to talk to Lex, and he tells him that um, the greatest, um, if you want to play God, you've got to remember his greatest gift, free will. Let yeah. me live my life, which was, I, I really got to give props to Michael Cassidy, because he's definitely, I know he was acting a completely different way in the beginning of the season, but he's definitely done a complete 180 with this character, which oh, I thought yeah. was amazing. Well, you see him in scenes with Michael Rosenbaum. It's a totally different man. It really yeah, is. Extremely. Yes, sir. But he he just tells Lex, he says, you know, you're, you're obviously sick. And he, he said, buying the Daily Planet was a great move. You know, just one more way you can control every aspect of my life. Right. So when he goes to Lois, I got the feeling he was going to quit. Yeah, and then but then he did uh, continue the joke about taking the, the elevator or the stairs. So right. As though he was implying he would continue to work there. So I don't right. know. Well, maybe. <laughs> right. Uh, well, we cut to the Kent farm and another cool snow scene that we've uh, segue that we've never seen before. And Chloe's talking to Clark, and she's talking about going through all these patterns. And so what this actually is is like when a computer program can't reboot; it goes through this system error over and over again. Except the only difference here is this system error is learning from itself and it's trying to fix itself and repair itself until it can finally boot. Um, awesome. Uh, yeah, sure is, sure is. I um, personally like that, yeah. Clark even, Chloe says, you know, Clark, that's not exactly your oh good face, and, you know, <laughs> Clark says it's the brain interactive construct, it's uh, Brainiac, uh, which is really cool to hear him say. Sure is. And, and we know that, the, and she says, Milton Fine, yeah, I love Chloe's one-liners, but she says, Milton Fine, I thought you shut down General Zod's personal PDA. <laughs> And uh, you know, they get interrupted. We don't get we don't get to further that scene. Although the dialogue could have been cool, but we've got to cut down on the Clark in this episode for various reasons. But Lana comes in, Chloe leaves, and and they just trail a moment of how glad she is that he's returned, and the break did them good. But now they can come together and and maybe do something about Lex. And she hugs him. You know, they kiss. And she hugs him, and there's this this great. There was some new music last night too. Some some great new music yeah, throughout the episode. Uh, a lot of it very Christmassy, but some of it just new Smallville music. And she hugs him, and she puts her head on his shoulder, and she smiles. And then you cut to Clark, and he's smiling, and he's got his head on her shoulder. And then bam, <laughs> bam, yeah. probably the biggest WTF of Smallville ever, Clark's face just goes broken and you see Bizarro's face. Yeah, sure. Um like I said, I wish I had gone into the episode not knowing that. 
I, I would have loved that reveal, but mm. I didn't. I didn't get that. And you know, a lot of people said that's not happening. But I said all the way back in September, Bizarro is coming back in Gemini, folks. You wait and see. And they probably was like, no, it's not happening. So well, yeah, you did call it a long time ago. You've been on that train for a while, Derek. Well, it's Gemini, Gemini. There's a reason that the Gemini twins that that was coming back. Not only Project Gemini, but it just kind of left things open. Twins, but we right? cut to the icy north and see the Fortress of Solitude covered in uh, hard snow that's falling down. And we do a quick 3D zoom through the fortress, and we see that Jor-El has encased Clark Kent in kryptonite. Uh, not kryptonite, ice. ice when yeah. It, yeah, I don't know why I wanted to say kryptonite so bad, but he's he's actually um, stuck in a block of ice, frozen, as he was in the final seconds of Blue that we saw Jor-El uh, detain him in. What an amazing reveal. What a huge oh, cliffhanger. Derek, it was just unbelievable. I, and, and I'll be honest with you, they've gotten me twice in the last two episodes. First with the Julian Luther revel, which now has a different meaning to it. And now with this, I mean, this has been a shocking season. They've they've stepped it up a notch. That was huge last night. Oh. Um, everything's had to have all this big stuff in it. And a lot of people think that's because of the strike. And I want to be like, well, no, stuff wasn't changed that far in advance. Yeah. Uh, mm. That was a re- that was supposed to happen. And you and, know that that was originally the way that was going to go down, which is awesome. Right. And so far, I mean, the strike hasn't really affected the season schedule too much because this is probably when this episode would have aired anyway. You know, right. being that it was a Christmas-themed show. And right. I'll tell you, that ending, it goes down in history as one of the all-time best, you know? Well, we have a lot to talk about in spoilers, and we're going to get to that just here in a minute. As always, you can check us out, houseofelpodcast.com, our home on the internet, where you can catch up on all the latest shoe and Smallville news, listen to past episodes, listen to all the episodes straight from our website. And you also leave comments on news posts and read Tim's review of episodes. Tim's Gemini uh, recap should be up very soon. You can also check out our forums at forums.houseoflpodcast.com where we have a great time. Uh, all the fans get together and discuss things uh, from the Muppets to uh, <laughs> to the Dark Knight to Power Rangers. I, there's so many weird threads going on in that forum. I can't even keep up with it half the time. Uh, there's 14 page posts about who the hero is and hero and some hilarious stuff. Uh, so check that out and mail us at mail at house of We read all your emails. Uh, we don't always get to reply to them because there's just so many. So if we, we miss you, just please, please send that again and we will, uh, get to it. And, uh, Chuck, thanks so much for being my guest host oh, today. My pleasure, Derek. Anytime, anytime. I look forward to more in the future, sir. Always check out Chuck's website at kryptonfansite.com. You can check out all of Chuck's 100 episodes from Krypton Fan. 100. From January of 06 till September. September 26th, uh, 07. Wow. Wow. Quite a ride. Quite a ride. Quite a ride. We, We will be back with spoilers in just a second. Thanks for joining us today, folks. And welcome to Shoe Spoilers. Unfortunately, there was no trailer for Persona. Persona I can't talk today at the end of last night's episode. Uh, I didn't expect there to be uh, as long. You know, we've got at least 29 days until Persona airs. So I don't think they've ever done a uh, trailer for an episode that far in advance. No. Um, so we definitely got shafted on that. But hopefully within the first week or two in January, we'll definitely see that. 
Um, and we don't have a whole lot of new spoilers. There's five episodes remaining, and we kind of, last night, set the groundwork for what's going to happen. Definitely what's going to happen in Persona, and I think a lot of people are, were going, when these Persona pictures came out, and you see Brainiac, and you see Clark, you're like, why is Clark not just strangling the hell out of him? Why is he not trying to kill him? And I think no it's a, I think it's pretty much decided now that, that that's not Clark in those pictures. Right. I think that's definitely another another look at the red shirt and blue jacket. That's definitely Bizarro, who knows what Kryptonian sounds like, who knows who Brainiac is. Obviously, through the events of the of uh, uh, Gemini, he knows all this stuff about Krypton because he was a Kryptonian live experiment, and he finds Brainiac in Persona. Um, now, what this means for Clark, I don't know. We haven't heard a whole lot about a Clark, Bizarro, another showdown. I would hope that Clark is going to get out of the Fortress in Persona. Uh, I hope so, yeah. Um, that would be cool if he didn't, uh, because it would be amazing to see Bizarro carry this on for this long. I, I want to see how Bizarro came back. Uh, That's the big question. How did he come back? And a lot of people, yeah. if you go read forums and stuff, a lot of emails we got, people are thinking that this is Jor-El's punishment. This is what Jor-El did. He detained Clark and sent Bizarro back in his place. Well, that's not... No, I, I think that's way no. too much of a stretch. I think Jor-El's punishment, as I said last week, was just to detain Clark. Yeah. You know, that, that that's it's like a timeout. You know, go to the Phantom Zone, you know. <laughs> time out bend him over bend yeah, him over like, my knee corner. put him yeah. in the corner yeah, of the, the, of corner. the fortress go to your room go to the phantom zone yeah go, that go i mean yeah. and i think that's and i said that last week and i still think that's all it is now in the events of him being trapped there for two weeks bizarro has returned uh to smallville and somehow he found out clark is gone now whether or not he went to the fortress and sees clark trapped um you know, he obviously, when Bizarro showed up in episode 701, he was a perfect clone of Clark Kent, of, of Kal-El, rather. He had all of Clark's memories, everything from Smallville. He knew everything about, you know, he knew everything about everyone that Clark had, you know, come in contact with over the years, about Lex and Lois and Lana and Chloe and Pete and everybody. But now, he didn't know anything about Kara. You know, that happened, that, that split happened before Kara showed up. So when he talked to Lana about Kara being gone, uh, and said, you know, he had to accept her being gone, what, uh, what do you make of that there? I think it would have been cool if he had gone and talked to John Jones. Yeah, because I, I, it makes me wonder. And also, do you think that John Jones would have been able to tell? That that was not Clark Kent. I don't know. What I think would have even been cooler than that is if Bizarro never went away. If he's been watching this whole time. Mm. From a distance. He's been viewing everything that has occurred. Maybe mm. even hanging out in the Fortress of Solitude. Now jor would have noticed that. But uh, <laughs> just keeping an eye on things to plot his return. To, to, to kill Clark Kent and take over his life. Uh, if he's just wow. been viewing things all along, and he's he's seen Clark's interaction with Kara, and he's he can play off all these little things, and he definitely, I mean, look at what he did last night. Look at what Bizarro did. Look at the way Bizarro acted in the premiere, and look at the way he acted last night. He definitely did a much better job of acting like Clark Kent than he did the first time he was around. 
Oh yeah. I mean, oh, he's yeah. gotten his Clark down to a T. You know, if if <laughs> if you was. weren't if you were taking everything at face value last night, you thought, and there were several people that didn't really even realize what was going on. You thought that was Clark Kent last night. Oh yeah, heck yes. And yeah. uh, you know, so you you were all fooled. So he's obviously been practicing wherever he's been. He's he's gotten this this. Uh, I keep using the term persona. But it's all going to come into play next week. But it's all—it's—he's all modeled that so perfectly that he is the the perfect Clark Kent replica. I mean, he talked like him. He did, you know. Now there were some things he did that were a little weird. Um, well, his behavior was off. His yeah. behavior was off. You know, wanting to, and, and people are calling it the shipper, the Bazana, the Bizarro and Lana. But <laughs> said that was a little weird. But the um. The interact, the way, the wanting to take down Lex and all that stuff, and we now we definitely see why he want, wanted to hurt Lex because Lex tried to kill him, you know, uh, in in the season premiere. Lex tried to kill Bizarro, so now he's gonna come back. And but that's also like another thing about Bizarro maybe watching things. He knows that that's one thing that would win Lana over. Is I to, like the idea that Bizarro's been watching the entire time since he was banished in a way i, I do too I really like that i do too i i think yeah. uh i think that's really that's that's an amazing villain to not just run in head first and kill 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 and ask questions later he's been sitting there for months now doing research essentially and and well, that's that's a nice uh that's a nice one i like the thought i really do he's, he's been watching his victim and now his victim by his own, you know, recognizances has been retained. You know, he's 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 gone to the fortress and he's gotten trapped on his own. Bizarro doesn't even have to kill him. Now Bizarro can just go do whatever. I don't know if Jor-El's going to let Clark out of what has happened or if someone else is. Uh, if Brainiac goes to the fortress and finds out Clark's there, I don't know if Brainiac and Bizarro are going to be the best of friends either. Definitely they both want to take down Kal-El. Uh, and, but both of them have their own hidden agendas at the same time, I think. Now, well, they'll, they'll um, definitely find some common ground, but, uh, you're right. They're probably not going to be best pals from the moment they encounter. No, anymore. Brainiac <laughs> likes to work alone as he we've sure seen does. before. And I think <clears throat> somebody that's not as methodical as he is, AKA Brainiac would just be getting in the way. Uh, I definitely think. And so I don't know really how that's going to. I don't know how that's going to come into play. We've uh, Persona is going to be huge, and because not only are we going to have to deal with Clark in the fortress, Bizarro taking over Clark's life, living with Lana, uh, Brainiac returning, and Bizarro finding Brainiac, if that is indeed uh, Bizarro, which I do believe it is. And what's wrong with Brainiac? You know, he and we get a little nod at that tonight. Well, his he's he's been damaged, and he's trying to reboot himself. Essentially, you know, and, and it's one of the reasons he couldn't just the little amount of liquid liquid that we saw in blue or wrath rather um, could not actually just form in Milton Fine. He's he had to take on the embodiment of somebody else and is trying to fix himself. So that maybe when we actually see Milton Fine, when we see James Marsters, is and why he looks so sickly in those images, is that may all have something to do with it. He's not fully restored yet. Sure. Um, but we've also got Mark McClure, who will be playing a Kryptonian in the next episode. <laughs> That's right. If this is not a two-hour episode, how are they going to do all this? 
I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, this is huge, and it was already going to be a huge episode, but the, the final seconds of last night made this an even grander episode because of the Clark versus Bizarro scheme that's going to have to... I don't think they're, that's going to happen in Siren. No. Um, no I, if, they, if, if they carry that on for that long, I'm going to be a little disappointed with the last five episodes happening like this. Yeah. I, I think we definitely need to see the showdown. And I think it's definitely going to happen in Persona, but it's going to be cool if Brainiac goes to the fortress and finds Clark trapped there. He's going to be like, who have I been talking to this whole time? Right. Uh, and then definitely you've got this reveal of why uh, this character of Draxer, played by Mark McClure, has been left on Earth and trapped here and why he no longer has his abilities. Huge, huge episode. Cannot wait big. to see it. It's gonna be big. It's it 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 may rival. I, I'm definitely saying last night was my favorite episode of the season, uh, yeah. thus far, and I think Persona is definitely gonna rival that when we come back in January or February. It certainly has potential to. And I, I you know, I we get all the emails. If you guys called it, then we don't like. I, I sometimes like to say, hey, we called it, but we did get the um. The Julian's Feld clone part on Adrian, right? Um, which was which was a weird stretch, but wow! I mean, what what uh, what a hell of a thing to do with an episode. Um, well, and it worked out really well. I'm I'm glad that it was done that way. It still gives weight to everything that uh, happened back in Memoria with uh, Lex and his history with his baby brother. You know, so it's 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 good to see that they did this this way. Instead of changing history. Well, within three episodes, you've, even though they're going to be stretched out over two months, within three episodes you find out this is not Grant Gabriel, this is um, Julian Luther. Then you find out, well, he's neither. He's a freaking clone that, yeah. that sicko Lex made so that he could have some kind of ver- sick, twisted version of a family that he can love and that would love him back since he can't get that from Lionel. And then, then you find out Next time that he's been shot, you know, he has this reunion with Lionel, not reunion, so to speak, because he's, of course, he's not, but he has this meeting with Lionel, uh, uh, Julian does, he has this encounter with Lionel, and he's he's shot and and left for dead. And it's going to suck because everything happens so fast, and it's going to, but it's going to be cool to see what happens. I definitely think that Lex is going to be behind his murder. Especially oh, after he, I, I don't have any doubt. Especially yeah. after he finds out. Well, I mean, he had that menacing look when 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 Grant stormed out of the office last night. Anyways, oh yeah, he's already had it with him at this point. Yo, he's fed up now. He well, if he's not gonna love me, there's no point in him being around. He's not a real life, anyways. That's he's it. not a human being. I can I created him. I can destroy him at the same time, and it's gonna piss him off even more when he finds out that he's met Lionel. Yep. Which Julian want? That's what Grant wants to do now. He wants to make some life for himself, and all he knows, all he he has these memories of foster parents, you know, and riding this tricycle, and his dad, you know, missing the football game to to take a Christmas picture with his family. But all he's been fed is this lie that he is the dead brother of Lex Luthor, right. and the the optioned son of Lionel Luthor, who who put him up for adoption. So. If he's going to want to find his own... Persona takes on so many different levels of meaning in this next episode. And if he wants to find his own, he is going to have to go seek out his father, Lionel. Yes. And and so and that's just going to that's gonna piss Lex off, because that's the one thing he told him not to do. He wanted to be in complete control of every aspect of his life, and he, he doesn't get to do that anymore. Right. 
Ugh, cannot wait till January slash February, <laughs> whenever that <laughs> may pop up. But um, that is all we've got for this week. As I said, Shu will be back uh, next week. We will be here through the holidays and through this long, long hiatus to bring you all the latest news and spoilers and no recaps. But, you know, we'll <laughs> we'll make do with what we've got for the time being. Chuck, thank you so much again for joining me today. Hey, Derek, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure as always. All right, we'll talk to you guys later. Thanks, everybody.